On this episode, Maria Gargiulo joins us to discuss the benefits of conducting client exit interviews, how Maria differentiates herself in a crowded industry, as well as how to evaluate what tasks to delegate and how to handle a junior coach. And then she'll also share with us a big tip for capturing new leads. And as always, stay tuned at the end for your tip on building your wealth muscle. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome to Building Your Wealth Muscle, a podcast about building and protecting wealth for online health and fitness coaches. Each episode, we're going to break down different topics in the areas of business, finance, and tax, and how they pertain to your coaching business. Disclaimer, the topics covered in this podcast are for educational purposes only. This is not advice for your specific situation. Please consult a qualified financial or tax professional before making changes to your financial or tax situation. Now, here's your host, certified financial planner, Pat Darby. Today, we are joined by flexible dieting coach, Maria Gargiulo. I hopefully Nailed said that it. properly. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us on Building Your Wealth of course, Muscle. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So you have a very interesting background, which I, I just recently learned. Tell us about where you're from originally and how you got mm-hmm. into fitness. So I was born in London, England. My mom is actually originally from Springfield, Missouri, and my dad is from Sicily, Italy. So he moved to London to open a restaurant, and my mom was a dancer and a singer, so she was on tour with her dance company and had dinner at my dad's restaurant in London. So that's how I'm, they met. So they had my sister and I there. I was six when we moved to Sicily, Italy to be with my dad's side of the family. And then after that, my parents decided they wanted a little bit of a better opportunity for the kids in terms of schooling, um, you know, business opportunities. And so they decided to move to Springfield, Missouri to be with my mom's side so that we could go to a good college, you know, do business stuff. And then I was in Springfield from the ages of 11 to 27. And then I moved out to California. And the reason I moved out to California is because my business really took off. And so that allowed for me to be a little bit more financially flexible and kind of pursue these new dreams that I had, um, which I thought California would be a really good place for my up and coming health and fitness business. And so um, we decided to make that that jump. Um, But how I got into fitness, how I started my business is I had my own personal transformation first. And that is a big, big, long story. And we may or may not get into it, but pretty much I went through a big breakup and took two years to be like, whoa, me and kind of just like drank and ate what I wanted and suppressed all my feelings, gained all this weight. And then just woke up one day and I was like, you know what? I don't like how I look. I don't like how I feel. I don't like who I've become. I'm surviving every single day. And I don't, I don't feel like that's right. And I know that I meant for more than that. So I did my first little 12-week slim down program, which turned into a bodybuilding competition, which I continued to win those. And then friends and family started asking for help. And I was like, oh, I'm kind of good at this. Got my uh, personal training certification, got got burnt out, super busy, full like full time there. And then I was like, I need to scale my business. I can't do this every day. And that's when I started my online program. And then that took off. And I've been so thankful for that and very fortunate. And that's what got me to California. So that's like a little brief history of where I'm from and then also how I started my business. So the first 12 week transformation I did, did you just DIY it or did you have a coach yourself? At oh that no, point? I had a coach. I had tried everything in the book at that point. I'd been a yo-yo dieter since I was maybe 15. Like I started really young 
Um, I've just had body issues from growing up and my mom was constantly losing weight and gaining weight. And so I just watched her do the same thing. So I just followed her in her footsteps and tried the shakes and the weight loss pills and working out and eating clean and just nothing was working for me. And so I finally decided to hire professional help. I was like, okay, I obviously can't do this on my own. Who do I, do I know in my community that does really good at this? And so um, my friend who went to the gym a lot, she knew of a trainer. So I hired, we both hired him and I got really, really great results. I had on and off weight trained throughout my young adolescence because I played volleyball in high school. And then my ex-boyfriend, um, the one that I was with for six years, the one that I left, he also kind of weight trained here and there. So I had kind of been lifting, but I just have a lot of muscle and really it's really easy for me to build it. So once we got me to be kind of lean, my coach was like, you actually have perfect shape for competitions. Have you ever thought about that? And I was like, no, I haven't. And so <laughs> then I had this new body, but I was still kind of drinking and going out. And I was like, I still don't feel like I've done all the work yet. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to commit to being in a tiny little sparkly bikini on stage so that I can just stop drinking and partying and like concentrate on my, what my potential body is. And when I did that and I took a step away from that lifestyle, I just realized it didn't serve me anymore. I was super clear headed. I had yeah. all this energy. I was performing really well at work. I was making all these new friends. I would wake up feeling amazing on Saturday and Sunday instead of just dragging my feet ordering takeout because I was hungover. And I just got addicted to setting milestones and accomplishing them. And yeah, it was just really easy for me to be like, okay, cool. I've done this crazy thing that I've been struggling with my whole life. What's next? If I can do this, what else can I do? So what, what year was your first competition? Mm. Uh, 2017, I believe. Oh, wow. So pretty recent. Yeah. Five years Rel ago. Relatively. Yeah. And it was, it was a, That's awesome. it was a figure competition. So not even bikini. So in bodybuilding, okay. you've got bikini figure, um, you have, uh, female bodybuilding, I think there's like four or five of them now they've added some classes, but at the time it was just figure and I won my show, which I had no idea. And then later on, I decided to drop down to bikini cause I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to like figure girls look a certain way in off season, which is fine. Like you have to put on weight and you have to be big for figure. And I just didn't want that for my lifestyle. There's nothing wrong with that. But I, I didn't mind how the bikini girls looked in off season with how much muscle they needed because they just need a little bit less. And it's a little bit more feminine and girly. And so I decided to jump down to that category and did, I think, seven shows, seven or eight shows for three wow. Four of those were national shows. Yeah. So I did really well and got almost got my pro card a few times. Yeah. That's really cool. For, for those listening, um, I don't know if you can explain mm -hmm. what is the difference? Because I, I had on um, a bikini coach before and we didn't dive deep into it. Like there's certain muscle groups that are not trained in bikini that you would need to specifically train in figure, right? Mm kind of yes yeah. so in bikini they don't technically score you on your back but in figure they do okay. now it doesn't mean you don't want to train back because if you have a weak back and everything else is strong you can get muscle imbalances injuries 
but part of your back muscle too is your lats right underneath like your armpits kind of. So if those are developed, it actually gives you more of an hourglass shape. Now what they don't, so you, and you do want that, you want a nice curvy shape. Now for figure, they want to actually see your back muscles in the middle by your spine, how they go down to your glutes, um, like your, like your rhomboids and I think they're called rhomboids. Um, but your muscles up here, like your traps, like they judge on all of that. Yeah, but your hair and bikini yeah, that's really covers cool. no, it. So I didn't realize that it. before. Yeah. Right, and the bikini side that you said mm-hmm. that we said that your hair you don't move your hair in the bikini, whereas you do. Yeah, I mean figure, you, you can right? toss it and flip it, but when you're in your back pose, they're specifically looking at your glutes and your shoulders, not your back muscles. Okay. And then everyone's hair is in the back. Yeah. Got it. So, do you train other competitors? <sighs> You know, I've thought about this. I I do not train other competitors because I know I I haven't done it. I also don't want to risk dieting someone down to the extent that it ruins their hormones or metabolism, which happens a lot of the time. Part of the reason I'm not doing competitions right now is because with how lean that you get, if you don't have, if you're not part of like the 1% of people who have amazing genetics, it's usually causing a lot of problems down the line, whether it is an obsession with food, which can be an eating disorder, or it can be um, like you have really, really low hormones, then you have no sex drive, then you lose your period, or your gut health gets thrown off. And when you have all these things, your body stops responding to whatever you're doing, and a lot of people gain their weight back. So I, what I like to do is help women feel better and although women would feel great being lean and winning shows, is that permanently down the line, does that make them happy? Because what if they do rebound? You know, what if they do get these right. things and permanently they're going to be, they're going to be struggling and I don't want them to associate me or I don't want to be the cause of them struggling down the line. So I would rather help someone get from being overweight to normal, healthy and happy because there's less that could go wrong when you're in that spot. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 No, that makes perfect sense because I've talked to a few people and they've said the same thing. Like even the ones that train competitors, mm-hmm. like there's there's a lot of satisfaction in taking quote unquote normal people through that mm-hmm. transformation versus taking peak athletes and making them higher. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, so that, that mm-hmm. makes perfect sense. Um, so your first business that you'd mentioned when you first – moved out to California that was also a fitness business yeah it's the same one I I started yeah so whenever I was personal training I had a history in competing so I knew how important the nutritional aspect was and I was training my clients and they weren't getting results I was like okay I know it's because they're not eating right so then I started adding meal plans to my packages so if you booked a full like 24 sessions with me I threw in like some macros to help you with your nutrition and so then my my clients started getting even more results. And then after that, I was re- I was looking at my clients. I was like, okay, they're still not progressing as fast as I think they should, even with the nutritional portion of it. And I was trying to think, why is that? Well, they didn't have the lifestyle or the mindset that came with that transformation, meaning that even though they may have been eating cleaner, they weren't eating still in the right amounts. They didn't I couldn't check what they were eating. Maybe they were drinking on the weekends, which stalls progress completely, or they weren't getting enough sleep. And so I was so obsessed with 
transformation and and helping people feel better, I was like, okay, I kind of want to be in charge of everything. I want to oversee every aspect of the transformation so that when I put my name on something, like I can be super proud of what I did, but also I know the joy and the love that I have for my life now. And I want to make sure that I'm providing something that gives someone else that same thing. And I want to provide all of it, not just part of it, because you can train and eat clean and still not get the body and life that you want because the mindset portion is not there or the lifestyle portion is not there. So I wanted to just be able to have something like do exactly this, want to want to do it. And then when you want to do it, you've got the tools and you're doing it, then that's when it's going to become permanent for you. That's when you're going to create the life that you want. Because the body that you have now is because of the lifestyle that you have now. It completely reflects it. So if you want this different body, you need to create a different lifestyle. And that's probably one of the hardest things to teach is like how to change your daily actions, routines, and habits to reflect the life and the body that you want. Because you're undoing 20, 30, 40 years of bad habits. And especially for women, that was ingrained in us when we were kids too. So it takes a little bit of time, but I I just wanted to give women the best chance possible at change. So what's typically the amount of time they stay with you then? Because it sounds like it's not just a a quick Mm -hmm. transformation boot camp. Yeah, I would say at least six months. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah, I was doing three-month programs, and and I still do three-month programs for those who have like a little bit less weight to lose. But honestly, it it took me a full year and a half of consistently – doing the same thing for, for those routines to become natural and second nature to me. So now what I do is I do have three months because some people can't afford six months or they don't, they just need a little, you know, kick in the butt. But I do try to get my clients to do at least six months because if they do have 15 pounds to lose, we can lose that in three ish months if they're compliant and hormones look good. But also that last portion, I can teach them about reverse dieting. I can teach them about gut health, hormones. And when you fix your metabolism, you go from diet calories to your new maintenance calories, you're really setting yourself up for success down the line because no one can live a fun, happy life eating 1,200 calories a day, 1,300, right? Which most people do. They diet. They follow what my fitness pal says, which is 1,200. They lose their weight. And then they want to go back to this old lifestyle, which is a 2,300 calorie lifestyle. And so you'll just pack on the fat so quick that way. So what you need to do instead, and I learned this from bodybuilding, you have to reverse your diet. You have to slowly increase your calories by keeping your, um, your body fat percentage the same, building more muscle, and then you can live a fun life eating 2,300 calories a day, right? You got more flexibility. You can have a couple of drinks, go on vacation. You're not going to pack on the fat. And that's what 95% of women do is they gain, they lose their weight and then gain it back. And I don't want my clients to be part of that 5%. I want my clients to be part of that 5% that don't. I don't want them to be a statistic. Not in, not in my group. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic because I've only recently tried, I've heard reverse dieting and I was like, let me just try it. And I recently tried it um, when I did the 75 hard program and I was amazed. I was like, wow, this is like, at one point, I started losing weight mm-hmm. again. I was up like four or five hundred calories. I know. Calories. I was Isn't like, it cool? This is amazing. I wish. Yeah. It's it's amazing. Like obviously, most people listening are also fitness coaches, so they probably tried mm-hmm. it. But I was blown away. I was like, "Wow, I can't believe I waited so many decades to like mm-hmm. learn this or try this." Yep. Um, 
So how has the business model changed since you first started the program? Wow, I've learned so much. <laughs> I I have made mistakes. I have learned from my mistakes. I have tweaked. I have <laughs> I have moved things around. I have hired. I have fired. I mean, I have I just keep learning and growing every single day. And I started off with it just being me. And now I have a team of five people that I work with. I have my That's assistant great. coach that helps me with the training plans and nutrition and messaging. I have two girls that um, work with me um, for marketing. I have a brand manager. So that's kind of like our core group of people. And as my business has scaled, I've had to, um, I wanted to invest in a financial advisor. I wanted to invest in another mentor, like a health coach to help me scale group coaching so that I'm not doing so much one-on-one. And I guess like the biggest, the biggest difference between when I started and then where I'm at now is my programs have so much more value. Now they're a lot more expensive too, because I just keep adding and adding. But I mean, before it was like your basic, here's your meal plan. Here's your, um, you know, your, your workouts, do an email check-in with me once a week. And now I'm, I am up in their business all the time. I'm like, here's, here's your meal plan. Here's your, your workouts. Um, you'll have a weekly check-in. We're going to do a group coaching call once a week as a team. You're going to have an individual call with me. We're going to test your hormones. We're going to get your gut in check here on training videos. Here's how you track in my fitness pal. Here are some like, uh, macro cookbooks. I mean, I've really <clears throat> tried to, and I, and let me backtrack whenever clients, finish working with me, I'm always like, what can I add? How can I make it better? And so I take their feedback and then I add more to my program because the goal is for one day. And I get this all the time now for my girls to be like, this is everything that I need. I can't believe how much stuff you have in here. I'm like, cool. Anything else that you think? Because I want to be the best, right? So I want to be able to provide every single freaking tool that you need so that I, so that you're not struggling kind of like I did. Like I had a very basic plan. I had to learn all this stuff myself. It would have been great if someone had a little manual that taught me all the tips and the tricks. And so I was like, well, I'm going to make that manual and then share it with my clients so they're not having to work as hard. That's pretty cool. So when your clients are at their three or six month, you do like a little exit interview mm-hmm. basically to see how you can improve yes. the business? Yeah. So we do a monthly check-in. This is where we go over how their progress was for that month, what their struggles were, what their wins were. And then we go if we go over goal setting. So then we're like, cool, for the next four weeks, what are our goals? What do you feel like are going to be your struggles? How can we plan for that? What are like some specific action steps that you know are going to help you to be able to achieve this goal? And so I have them like write that out. I have them post it in the Facebook group. So I get them very engaged in the Facebook group, but you know, posting stuff like that keeps them accountable too. And then at the three, if it's a three month plan, then we'll do like a, what I call a three month or 12 week recap call where we go over the entire progress from the program, what they feel like they need, if they want to move forward. And then I'll do the same thing for our six months too. But I do talk to them face to face every single month and just talk about the last month, plan for the next month. That way they are like, I'm on top of their goals. They are either resetting or, you know, always planning something kind of keeps them on track. Do, do you do anything in person now or all your clients are all virtual? virtual? I was like, was that like that before COVID too? Or did COVID give, cause I know a lot of people that gave them the nudge. They were like, okay, now I'm doing oh, it. Oh no, no. I was, I was all virtual right when I started my online business. Like I was, I, when I started that online, you're one of the first ones probably. No, I, um, 
six, six yeah. years ago. I feel like that was. I feel like there were a bunch of online coaches, but now there's a crap ton of online coaches. <laughs> like the, the first <laughs> people would have been like Paige Hathaway back in the day doing all of her online stuff. Yeah. I was probably like four years behind because I was three or two years, three, two or three years behind Instagram. Like if I would have just hopped on that when it came out, I would have been way farther along. Uh, but that's okay. I just am so resistant to new technology. But um, yeah, I just, I remember being an in-person trainer and I found this online coach and she was living the lifestyle that I wanted to live. So I just messaged her and I was like, Hey, how did you do this? Like, what were like, I, I, I admire what you're doing, but like, can you help me? Like, what are some tools? And she was like, I hired this coach. And I was like, cool. So I hired that coach. <laughs> And then any anyone that I see That's that awesome. is doing what I want to do, I literally just message them. I'm like, how do you do it? Who's your mentor? And that's and I keep <laughs> investing in mentor after mentor. Like I've spent so much money on mentorship, I could probably buy a house. Not here in California, but definitely <laughs> in the Midwest. I could buy like a really big mansion house. <laughs> but it always comes back tenfold. So I'm okay with doing that. Um, but yeah, so that, that yeah. coach helped me build and format my online business. And so at the time I was working three other jobs. So I was working at my dad's restaurant on the weekends. And then I was working at an office, an engineering firm. I was the marketing coordinator for them. And then I was also working at a spa and personal training. So I was doing a little bit of that sprinkled in the week. I was working like, were you competing at that I point? was also competing. I was working oh 60, 60 hours. What come is in? that again? <laughs> Where'd the sleep, sleep element come in? That's that sounds familiar. Four jobs. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah, but um, four jobs and competing. I know, Holy cow. and that was that was when I did the best at my national shows. Like I got second place and first place got their pro guard, and then that same tour I got second. I got third place and first and second got a pro card. So I was so close to doing that, but I was working yeah, 60, 65 hours a week doing my competition and I signed up with that online coach and I was like, listen, I don't, I don't have the time for this, but I want the time for this. I, you know, so like just bear with me. And so I actually waited a month to start because I was doing, I was doing something else. I think I was doing something with first form at the time. I was like, let me get finished this program and then I'm going to invest in this. And I did that. And slowly as my online training business grew, my I started to drop jobs off. So I stopped um, working at the spa and then I stopped working at the office and then I would get two more online clients. And so then I scaled back my personal training. And the very last job that I quit was my dad's because it was my yeah, family I was say, that sounds and it was like... such easy money. Like you just show up and wait tables and I'd been doing it for 10 years. So all my, all my customers knew me, all Bruno's daughter. It was like a hangout section and I had free food and, you know, I was getting all these steps into, which helped my fitness because I was walking all the time. But at one point I remember telling him, cause I was so stressed because I couldn't, I couldn't devote my full attention to my business because I was also devoting time and attention to his. I told him, I was like, dad, sure. I love you so much, but I am, I am ready to start working on my dreams and not yours. I want to work on my business, not yours. So I'm like, I'm, I can't work for you anymore. And it was very sad. It was very sad. Was he upset or was he fairly supportive? I think or somewhere in the middle? first he was annoyed <laughs> because I was like the most reliable <laughs> and the best person. He was already short staffed. 
but he was very understanding. But at first I would say he was just a little annoyed. (laughs) (laughs) Is your father still running the restaurant now? He actually just sold it about six months ago, finally. So he's retiring. It was in California? Springfield. The restaurant? Uh Uh-huh, Springfield, Missouri, Missouri. yep. So he's he's in retirement Mm -hmm. now. He needed it. He was... He was micromanaging that place way too long. And now he's now he's one of, of my clients. <laughs> now I'm training him in my training app. <laughs> That's do you take a lot of guys or mostly just mostly your dad? Women. It's the I'll do women and then I'll do guy referrals. Like if a client has a husband or a friend that really needs the help, then I'll do that. But I've just really never had great success with just taking men off the street, like from Instagram. It's just they're not responsive or they have ulterior motives and so i just stick with the people that i know or you know people that other people know as long as they're a referral and not just a stranger fair enough um well you mentioned something before that i I wanted to come back to it's a crowded space now and like you've been in it a while you have the expertise how do you continue to differentiate yourself when from the consumer's perspective Mm -hmm. there's hundreds and hundreds of people to choose from that all look similar especially right. on mm-hmm. instagram like you don't know who just looks naturally looks yeah. good versus actually knows how to get the transformation so how do you differentiate yourself it's been a work in progress i think the the first thing and i because i always ask my clients this too when i interview them for my program because i do interview them i want to make sure it's a good fit i ask them why me why not someone else and most of their responses are oh, your personality. Uh, if you've watched me for a while, I'm just so goofy. Like, I literally don't care. Like, I'm just <laughs> me authentically to the core. I'm very silly. I say tons of inappropriate things. You know, I'm just like, I'm me. But also what makes me stand out is that I do have this internal health component. And the industry is so saturated. And there's so many up and coming people and just new people in general. What worked five, six years ago, which people are taught, doesn't work now anymore because the market is changing. The clientele is becoming smarter. They've tried the weight loss pills. They've tried the shakes. They've tried the beach body. That's no longer working for them. They've exhausted all of those options and they've done it in an uneducated way to where they have actually made their situation worse. So now I get to come in and I get to fix that. So I am one step ahead of your general health coach. I'm no doctor by any means, but I would call myself a hybrid coach. So I dabble with functional medicine. I work with a lot of herbs. I do a lot of testing. So I am working, I'm helping my clients from the inside out instead of just giving them stuff that fixes the outside. Like a meal plan and a training plan will definitely change your shape, but it doesn't, it's not going to, help your happy hormones. It's not going to help your eating issues that you have. It's not going to help your mindset. And you won't get the outside portion if the inside portion is broken. That's another portion, the part of it too. It's going to be like pulling teeth to get there. So I just wanted to create something that made it easier for my clients so that they wouldn't have this view of dieting like be so bad, you know, they wouldn't have this fear of food, or they wouldn't always be yo-yo dieting. So I think me being a hybrid, like functional medicine health coach makes me stand out compared to everyone else as well. That's pretty cool. Because so people come to you knowing that you're going to help them with the internal changes and the mindset changes. Maybe. 
but they will afterwards. As soon as they hit my page, they know she's more than just workouts and meal plans. She is also about internal health, gut issues, hormones. And a lot of coaches don't talk about this. And I feel like now either I'm following more people who are talking more about it or the industry is also catching up to where it needs to be. But I feel like there's the more I talk about gut health and hormones, the more feedback I'm getting from potential clients. Like, oh my gosh. I experienced all of this. I had no idea it was gut related. I thought this was just my life. So then they're like, cool. So then they join. I fix their gut health. They're, they have flat stomachs. They're pooping every single day. They're not having the gurgles. Like they're not in pain anymore. And then the body, because your hormones are made in your gut. So, and you need hormones to build muscle, burn fat, have a sex drive, energy levels. And so if your gut is off, you're not producing the hormones that you need in order to have a transformation that you want. So that we need to address first, then we address hormones naturally, and then the whole process is so much easier. That's really that's really cool because again, like I've had people on that we talked about it before and just in general, like the mindset stuff is like what people need, mm-hmm. but it's like it doesn't sizzle. So it's hard to be like, because everyone's like, oh, a six pack and stuff like that. So that's pretty yeah. cool that your messaging is attracting them to to what they actually mm-hmm. need versus mm-hmm. like everyone just like, oh, I'll sell the beach body, but force feed you the mindset yep. and the things that are yep. going to let you keep that body mm-hmm. for years to yep. come. And here's another component so to it. Awesome. Your gut health and your hormones are directly affected by your lifestyle and your lifestyle is directly affected by your mindset because your thoughts become your words, your words become your actions, your actions become your habits right? And routines. And those make up your lifestyle. So it all kind of like, and your lifestyle affects your gut health and your hormones. So it all goes back to up here, which is your mindset. So are, are are people in your program able to, you said they can have a couple of Mm -hmm. drinks, but I guess is too many drinks affect the hormones or just absolutely. I mean, the hangover is one thing, but I don't, I don't ever tell my clients that they can't have something. I just explain to them the science. So I explain to them what happens internally when they drink alcohol. If they are, if they feel like that drink is worth those effects, then they can have it. If they don't think that, then they don't drink. And I do tell them up front, the girls that do the best in this program don't drink alcohol. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying like how much, how much work do you want to get done while you're here? Because I'm fine with us taking a slower approach so you can incorporate these lifestyle things, but we need to be on the same page. But if you are in dire need to get into this dress for this wedding, no alcohol for you. It's just empty calories and your body sees it as a toxin and I, I could go for an hour on alcohol. I myself still drink. I'm in maintenance mode right now. I'm going into a cut here in just a little bit. So that alcohol intake will go down. But like I said, I never tell my clients they can't have it. I'm just like, you can just have it later. No, I, I think that's awesome. Like for me, flexible dieting, mm-hmm. someone introduced me to it five or six years ago. And I think you were one of the coaches that like, cause I know that you've been in it for five, six yeah. years. You and I DM'd so two, three years ago, you gave me some advice mm-hmm. on it. I think I remember that. Um, I think I went back through and looked. I did. Yeah. You're such a baby then. You, you and Marcy. <laughs> you just starting your... I think you're friends with her. Marcy. What did you say? Oh, maybe. I don't know. 
Yeah, I know we DM'd in like 2020. I forget what advice you were giving me. Oh, it was about mindset, I believe, like the mindset yes, side yes. of fitness. Yes, it was. I think you're friends with um, some, one of the first fitness coaches to help me with um, nutrition, which was Marcy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm looking back at our messages so, to see what the date was. Uh, I think August 20th, 2020. It's a couple years ago. Unless yeah, you had another account. I just gotten out of quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> How cool. Yeah, I think I think you and I talked something about the mindset mm-hmm. side of fitness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, talked about back then I wasn't work. following it too much. So you <laughs> you were one of the first people that had brought it up yeah. that I, oh. I forget what I saw on your stories or that. something and DM'd you. I never know what will stick and impact people. I just whatever I feel like talking about, I talk about. And then someone's like, oh my God, thank you so much. I'm like, sweet. <laughs> that helped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the three people that were pretty helpful for me were you, Marcy, and um, Carter Good, I believe is his last okay. name. Um, but um, no, I, so it's, I'm glad we got a chance to jump yeah. on here. Um, so you said you have right now a team of five mm-hmm. people. What was, if you're like a new coach listening, what was going through your mind when you're making your first hire? Like, like what were you looking to outsource or what would you recommend someone for their first mm-hmm. hire? Yeah, so I was looking at the tasks that I did not want to do, the ones that brought me the most frustration or the ones that were so time consuming. I was like, how can I delegate that? Because I love interacting with my clients. And although I loved making meal plans, I also knew that it was very time consuming for me and that I could easily have someone else do that. So that's the first thing that I delegated was meal plans. And then um, that girl, she was really good at personal training. So assistant coach was my first hire. And so she had trained in person for a lot longer than I had. So it's like, cool. Like I'm cool with paying her a little bit extra to do this work. Cause maybe my clients will get better results with her. I mean, I, I, I know, I know basic bodybuilder training. I can make uh, workouts just fine. She just had a lot more in person. So I just wanted my clients to have something a little bit different. And so I hired her. And so she helped me with meal plans, workout programs. So I would give her as much information as possible. And I was like, hey, I want you to do this, this, and this. And so she did that. And then I ended up replacing her with one of my current clients because um, she went off and did her own thing. But one of my current clients, she loved the program so much. And her and I are exactly alike. She was so obsessed with the transformation. She was so obsessed with her lifestyle and just what I was doing. She got like so many certifications. I was like, I want you to work for me. Like this girl just quit. I feel like you'd be a great replacement. Do you feel like you can do this? And she's like, absolutely. And so we've been teammates ever since. So Carrie helps me a ton. I just give her as much information as possible. And then she creates the plans. She edits them if she needs to. When I get feedback from clients, I give that feedback to her. When it comes to like client check-ins and stuff, we go over those together. So I still lead everything and supervise everything. I just have her do some of the tedious work of like relaying the information or making changes. Um, but that was the first thing that I did was was hire her. So it's really just her and I handling clients and the the okay. important stuff in the business. And then I've got, like I said, a couple marketing girls that helped me um, to help me with like promotions and social media stuff. And then my latest hire was my brand manager. So he takes me as 
a whole instead of just the Me, Myself, and Health Academy, which is my coaching program. He's like, cool, you've got this. Let's create these other streams of revenue. How are we going to make your name more well-known? Uh, let's get you some speaking gigs. So he's more of like like a, just me awesome. as a brand instead of just my coaching program. Right. Then I don't know if you want to answer this question, but was there anything that you learned or like if you're a young coach listening or age unrelated, mm-hmm. just new to the business – that they're worried about what maybe potentially happened to you. Like they hire someone, they train them, and then they kind of become their competitor at mm. some point. They're like that's potentially scary as a business mm-hmm. owner. Um, did that happen to you or did you have any advice for a newer coach? Like, crap, I don't want my junior to become my competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of had that happen. I mean, everyone that has worked for me were on great terms. And the way that I see it is, I was inspired by someone. So I kind of did the same thing. Like I didn't work underneath someone by any means, but I mean, think about the gym that I worked at, you know, he trained me how to talk to clients. And then I went off and did an online business and also got clients in that area. So for me, I'm not worried about not making money because someone else is doing what I do because there's so many people out there that need help. Also, people yeah. will resonate with me, but they're not going to resonate with someone else. So there's plenty of fish in the sea there. Now, I did have one coach that went and started her own um, little personal training business. She does online training. She, pro- I think she uses the same software. And whenever she told me she wanted to do that, I actually told her, I was like, thank you for letting me know. I support small businesses. I love the life that I have. So I hope that you are able to make a version of that yourself. I was like super nice about it. Um, and then I did have another coach too. She went off um, and she uh, I had ch- kind of changed my business model a little bit and didn't necessarily need her services anymore. And then, but I still kind yeah. of trained her and then she went and started her own version of online coaching and it's a little bit fitness related and that's also fine. What's important when you go to hire someone is, you know, asking them, are you doing this because you love, what you do and you want to support what I'm doing, like you like what I stand for, or is this something that you want to learn from? And do you plan on having a version of this yourself in the future? That's a good question to ask. I mean, my assistant coach, she told me, she's like, Maria, I do not want to own a business. I do not (laughs) want the responsibility that you have. I just want a little bit of extra income and like a flexible work schedule so I can spend time with my kids. So I knew that she wasn't going to go and replicate everything that I'm doing because her priorities lie elsewhere. She loves what I do and loves changing lives, but she also doesn't want the responsibility. Therefore I feel 100% great in like telling her every single little thing and making her a little mini me or better. You know, she has her own secrets and talents and everything. So I think it's important to like assess that when you're hiring and you can, you can kind of tell, but no, no yeah. one will ever no, I think do that's it better great. than you. No one. I mean, it, maybe, I guess I, well, let me backtrack. You will always be different. <laughs> you are the first person. You're always going to be ahead of schedule. And as long as you have good, like you leave the conversation or the situation with good vibes and you're nice about it, 
karma is always going to come back. So that's what yeah. I think. There's tons of people that I'm sure. Yeah, I, I agree with that. <laughs> no, I agree with that abundance mindset. Mm-hmm. But I know like as a business owner, and again, like it's my job to look at the yeah. risks for my clients. Like I'm always like, well, you know, you can have legal contracts mm-hmm. and things like that. So it's- And something I have noticed though is I've, I have had a couple of coaches want to work uh, want to be clients of mine and that I've stopped doing because I did find that they were adding some of my clients also and then kind of like talking to them outside of the program. Yeah. I think one of, one of my, one of the coaches that I had working in the program did a little bit of like outside messaging that kind of turned some clients off. And I was like, okay, I don't, you know, I don't think we're the right fit now, but um, yeah. And that, so I've stopped People, women that I know are coaches, I'm very hesitant, I should say. I've still accepted a few, but I have noticed that they start replicating what I'm doing and I just, you know, I need to protect myself too. Um, So I just, you know, I don't take as many on now as I did before. You learn. No, I love that. Um, One thing that that we, um, I think this is one of the questions that I always try to give people a heads up. Um, If you had to pick like one or two metrics that you track in your business that you feel are important it could be financial marketing um client based um what would be the one or two metrics that you would recommend a new coach should should be following for themselves so tracking metrics so my brand manager helped me create um this software it's called airtable but it's a it's a client data software and essentially I can track who who comes in at what time through what lead through what person and oversee every single part of their data and transformation until they leave the program so if I need to access an eight-week review form I can go to Airtable and click it because it automatically transports it if I need to be able to access their discovery call application, I can go back to their file and then pull that out and look at what they said six months ago. So that is huge because it tells me like when their end date is, <clears throat> what program that they're doing, how much they paid. And so it keeps me really organized. So that was a really big piece of information. And then <clears throat> um, he created something else for me. I can't think of it right now. Um but yeah, that would be my biggest piece of information, like tracking software. Is that the question that you asked? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Anything that, because like I just try to give people something actionable that they could do, like tracking inside their business, whether it's for them as the business owner or a metric that you find like is, is valuable to you and your mm-hmm. business. So, oh, also there's, um, we created this software called Easy Macros, and essentially what it is is clients will enter in their information looking for the website to give them macros, and you capture their email. So that's a really good way to build your email list. So the software we've created, so essentially you're like getting leads this way. Your clients, potential clients, are getting something to follow, so they're interested in health, so you know that they would qualify and then you can kind of do what you want with those leads, but something to capture emails. So I have a Facebook group that I give out free meal plans in. And so I have tons of girls that come in just for that. And then every once in a while, I'll talk about my program and maybe I'll get a client that way. 
but I'm always giving out freebies, always, you know, trying to get people to join that Facebook group or giving value because when you give value and you don't ask for anything in return, then people automatically trust you, right? Um, they see you as valuable too. So they're more likely to buy from you down the line. That's fantastic. That's a great, that's a great lead magnet mm -hmm. idea. And that's a proprietary software. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> that's like, like you guys made it yourselves yeah. and it's just yep. yours. Yep. So if anyone That's wants fantastic. information on that software, I can give you a link. And then I don't know if you post it or, or what, but it's all yours. You can customize it. There's support that comes with it. And essentially you put it on your website and then a client comes or you, you go in your storage you're like, hey, there's this free macro calculator. So they enter in their information, they enter in their email, and then there's an email that gets sent to them with their specific macros. And then you have their email and you can follow up and be like, hey, I heard you used easy macros. How's your fitness going? And that then is like an opening uh, way to start a conversation that isn't like salesy. That's it. Yeah. Love that. So this is a podcast about building wealth, protecting wealth. So I always ask everyone, like, what's your general philosophy on building wealth and financial freedom, like outside of your business? Mm -hmm. So I always... I always save. So back when I started my business, I was $30,000 in debt from living a life that I couldn't afford. I had a little bit of car debt, some consolidated credit cards. And what I did is when I started making my money, I set 30% of that aside for taxes. I set 20% of that aside for bills and then 10% no bills and debt. And then 10% of that went to my, what I called my rich fund. And so I've lived by this business model since then. Now that I don't have as much debt anymore, I don't like the 20% is usually just a little bit extra, but I, st I still do 30% for taxes and I still put 10% into like my savings or my, my rich fund, which now that as I, I get older, I've started, like I work with JP Morgan. So they help me with investments. I've done doing a little bit with crypto. I've got like a financial advisor too, that helps me invest in certain things. And so um, I and I just also just pay myself a salary. So I get just a straight salary across the board. It's a decent salary. It's not anything crazy, but that's my way of like, you know, rewarding myself. Um, and then I just kind of let that business money grow. And if I need to do more for taxes or if I need to pay for a software, you know, I just kind of use that money. And but I definitely have doing started doing more investments, too. Because, I mean, you can have a savings account, like a, a money market, I think it's called, and it occurs a little bit, but there's yeah. a little bit more aggressive ways to invest your money that, you know, can give you a little bit more back in return. They're a little bit more risky, but, um, you know, when you've got a couple of people helping you out, it makes you feel a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that because, again, you have to – I feel like sometimes it's a, a mistake it, that people put – nothing outside of the business yeah. mm -hmm. and uh, that's not necessarily a very good mm -hmm. hedge right you should be building personal mm -hmm. assets real estate stocks crypto doesn't mm -hmm. matter but something yeah real estate is next i'm actually thinking about possibly buying a couple of just used cars and renting those out on Turo since the car market is so high right now um so there's lots of little things i'm kind of dabbling in I don't want all my eggs to be in one basket with just my coaching because eventually this is not going to be as relevant. <laughs> and if you, you can't see me right now, I'm like framing my face right now. <laughs> eventually I'm going to be like 50 years old. I'm probably not going to want to coach anymore. So I have to figure out how 
I'm going to make a living. I don't want to just depend on the fact that I might get married and have a husband someday or a partner to help me. Like I want to make sure that I'm taking care of myself. And if that does happen down the line, great. You know, we have extra, but I never want to be reliant on finding like a rich husband. I just want to be rich myself. (laughs) I think that's awesome. Yeah. I wish I had known about Toro back when I was living in Jersey Mm -hmm. because I never used my car. Mm -hmm. I I don't Well, maybe it wasn't in existence back then. Yeah. It's relatively new. Now I need it every day. It's relatively new. I think my sister did the same thing in Hawaii back when Hawaii had a huge shortage and she was making great money. It's like, "Hmm, I see you. (laughs) It's funny. Yeah. Well, as I'm, as we're recording this gas prices are through the roof right now. Are you in LA? Yes. Oh my God. So you're walking everywhere. (laughs) I, well, like, what are you guys up to now? What was the last time you filled up? What was it? Well, I have, I have a really big tank and I have a BMW that has a turbo on it. So the last time I filled up was $100. No, what is it per gallon? I'm sorry. I think we're up to six, six fifty. Yeah. So I actually just ordered a Tesla (laughs) like literally two weeks ago. I was like, no, because I had a Tesla and then I, I traveled in South America for a year. So I got rid of it. And then when I came back, I got my old vehicle back that my friend was using. And so I've been using it. And now I'm like, I want my Tesla back because I am not about to pay that. <laughs> I mean, I could absolutely afford it. But is there a cheaper way to do that? Yes. And, you know, part of owning a successful business too, like, yes, you can afford these luxuries, but do you need to? And and honestly, I took a good year and a half, maybe two years to buy whatever I wanted because I was poor my entire life. And then when things kind of slowed down last year, I was essentially, I was like, okay, I can't keep spending like this because I was traveling. So I kind of had to scale back. And then, you know, I started reading all these books. I'm like, I don't need the new clothes. I don't need like all these luxuries. I can just kind of save. But I wanted to, yeah, although I could definitely afford the $6 a gallon, I'm not happy about it. And there's a way that I can be cheaper and I can use that money to invest in another coach down the line. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, I agree. It's not, it's not that we can't afford it. It's just if it's, it doesn't bring me joy to buy, mm-hmm. spend my own gas. No. Whereas if I'm no. something else can no. actually bring me joy. I'm Italian. But, I'm naturally like um, very, very cheap. <laughs> <laughs> like if there's like Is a that way, a, an Italian yes, thing? Like penny pinchers. I'm Italian. I don't know. I don't, I don't and I, and I've had to cheap. actually work on that with my money mindset because – when you when you are cheap and you are always afraid you're not going to have money, then that puts you in a certain frequency. So I've had to just be like, no, cool, yeah. I'm going to be abundant. Like I can afford these things. I'm going to buy this if I want because it's going to come back around. But that attitude you can go too far with. Also, like you have to be somewhat responsible. So um, you know, if there's something that I want, I justify buying it. I do. But if there's something that I'm like, I don't really need that, or I can definitely get that cheaper, then I'll definitely do the the cheaper version. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that that is a, a balance that I, I've I've yet to hear mindset coaches articulate because obviously I I'm a financial advisor, so like I tell people about how to like not overspend, mm-hmm. but there is that fine line between yeah, you don't want to hoard your money because that's a that's a violation of money mindset, yeah. but you also don't want to be so abundant that you're living over your means again. Mm-hmm. So it's like I haven't heard any mindset coaches address that from the financial advisor side like what are you supposed to say then to clients it's like 
hoard or mm-hmm. abundance. Like, so, um, that there's is interesting. Everything, that, yeah, like, there's I, like yeah. a gray area and there's a fine line between two extreme. And I think you can definitely go both. So, you know, save some money, yeah. if cut costs in some areas, but also don't deprive yourself. Cause what's the point of working so hard if you can't enjoy, yeah. you know, the, the, like the money that comes from that. Cause when you die, like you can't bring your money with you. It's okay to have savings, yeah. you know, in case you live longer than you expected. But at the same time, like, I don't know. The, the best analogy I heard was, um, I think it was from a mindset coach that said like some billionaire was doing something to renovate their house and they were getting pushback from the designer because he didn't want to spend like 8,000 on like these fancy sheets mm-hmm. or something like that. And their argument was like, what's $8,000 to you? But in his mind, it's like, that brings me no joy. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, like, I can afford it, but $8,000 on sheets for this particular person was like, that feels like a waste. So I feel like that's mm-hmm. sort of that, that balance. Right. Like, unless it makes you feel good, you're just blowing mm-hmm. money. And that's, I think the money mindset would be like, that's a violation exactly. there. Renovating the house, like that is an investment in your happiness, right? You're spending money on it. Right. But do you need the $8,000 sheets? No, not really. That's where, you know, you kind of draw the line. So it's, it's balanced. And you learn and it right. changes all the time too. Definitely. Well, this has been extremely helpful, Maria. For okay. listeners who want to learn more about you and your company, where can they find you? Yep, You can find me on Instagram. That's usually where I'm the most active. That is Maria underscore G underscore fit, F-I-T. And that is a G for goat. <laughs> and then my website <laughs> uh, is mariagfit.com. And my email is maria at mariagfit.com. So lots of Maria's in there, but usually Instagram is the easiest. That way I can send you a little video message. I've got tons of free content on there too. So there's bound to be something there that will be helpful, whether that's mindset, laugh, education, nutrition, workouts. Um, So feel free to send a message and tell me that you saw me on Pat's uh, little podcast and I'll send you a message back. And there's going to be links to everything Maria just mentioned in the show notes. Um, we can talk offline if you want to add the link later also for the that easy yeah, macro. Yeah, we can to. add that sure. link as well. Okay, perfect. Um, well, thank you so much, Maria, for joining us today on Building Your Wealth Muscle. Thank you for joining us this week on Building Your Wealth Muscle. Make sure you visit our website, darbyba.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. While you're at it, if you found value, we'd appreciate a ratings on iTunes, or simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us as well. For more information on the topics covered, you can follow Pat on Instagram, at patdarbybiz. The download from this episode is available in the show notes. And if you want help building your wealth specifically, Pat Darby is currently taking private clients. The link to book a call is also in the show notes. Thank you again for listening and have a great day.